Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the FPL Optimized Podcast. This is episode number 54, in which we will review Game Week 2 and look ahead to Game Week 3. Game Week 2 brought many of us back to reality, as after all the good scores in Game Week 1, for many managers, Game Week 2 was a bit tougher to handle. João Pedro started on the bench, so did Gabriel. Haaland blanked, Saka and Watkins were off penalties, and again, a disappointing performance from Man United. If you thought FPL was easy, then think again, as things can change all the time. Kudos to the managers who still did well, and to the rest of us, let's take it on the chin and move on. I am Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Surtop, the data scientist. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. Data or grass, or data and grass? That's the question. So Surtop, as you could tell from my intro, <laughs> my game week wasn't too good. How was yours? How was mine? That's a good question. Uh, let me on our scores from this game week. Okay. My game week wasn't good either. I think my game week rank was 4.3 million. Yeah, it was 4.3 million. Uh, I only scored 45 points. Even though my game week started well, with Mubemo getting like 16 points. Yeah. But at the last game of the game week, uh, my Arsenal players, all of them blanked. I mean, I got a green arrow at the end. But, I mean, can you call this a good game week? I mean, it was probably roughly the average. Yeah. And you said yours was bad. But yeah. How bad was it? Well, well, you know, it's still early days. So I think uh, Green Arrow is a good thing for you. So, uh, yeah, I, I ended with 40 points, as you can see from the chart, which was uh, just uh, four points below the game week average. So not too good and a, a big red arrow for me after I had a really good first week. So uh, yeah, this time, luckily, Astupin and Amitoma delivering the points again. Really happy with them. Uh, but for the rest, not much worked. I had uh, one pointers from Chilwell, Gabriel and Bruno. Then uh, two pointers from Onano, Rashford and Haaland. And then three points from Saka and Martinelli. So yeah, that kind of sums it up. And on top, there were the zero points from uh, Joe Pedro, who came on as, as a sub and then managed to get booked. So yeah, that was, <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> that was not too good. Yeah, and as we started tracking our head-to-head game week performance, as announced last week, I guess this now makes it 1-1. Okay, yeah, that's good. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> we're even again. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that was game week two. And I could also see on Twitter a lot of people uh, struggled. Uh, but let's look ahead to game week three, as there are a lot of uh, fixtures that look promising. And uh, I have two free transfers. Probably uh, there are a lot of people who have that. So that puts me in a position to bounce back, I hope. Uh, and actually, I already made my transfers yesterday to kind of anticipate some of the price changes. And okay, I can talk that's a bit good. more about that uh, later. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, jump into the data and see which insights we can get out of it. Um, shall we first take a look again at how the models performed in game week two? Or in other words, how did the predicted points compare to the actual results? Yeah, certainly. So I prepared 
I prepared the data and then uh, Neil Rankin from Twitter uh, prepared this visualization for me and did the analysis. Yeah. Just like previous game week, uh, we used the predicted points and then the actual results and tried to measure what was the accuracy of the models. But instead yeah. of just using game week two, we use both game weeks, uh, game week one and game week two, because Hopefully, if you use more game weeks, it will be better in terms of measuring the actual accuracy. A single game mm. week can have lots of noise, I should say. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and the most accurate model we have, uh, and again, uh, if you are watching on YouTube, the rightmost is the most accurate and the leftmost is the least accurate model. Mm. And FBI review is the most accurate in, like, if you combine all players together. Yeah. Uh, but based on the position, some of the models did it better. Some of the models did worse. Uh, one thing that might not be visible here, but one thing I want to mention is this. This game week, midfielder projections were really all over the place. Mainly mm. Brighton midfielders caused this. I mean... They got lots of points, uh, like Mitoma, and their predictions were not that high. And so we have, maybe I can prepare something for the next episode, but we have some teams that are being underrated. There are some teams being overrated by the models. But this game week was not a good game week for the midfield projections. Okay. But anyway, so... <clears throat> Uh, FBI review was the most accurate and then fantasy football hub in the second place now fantasy football scott third place and then we have Mikhail Tokbaum's uh, transfer algorithm in the fourth place okay. and but again this was based on the outcome we also measure yeah. accuracy based on the underlying stats and based on that uh, Mikhail Tokbaum's model is actually the best uh, okay. I mean, his predictions were closer to what happened on the field, whether it turned yeah. into a goal or not. And um, again, as I mentioned, goalkeeper predictions are usually um, yeah. like consistent and we don't have too many goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, defenders, well, the worst predictions, I mean, in terms of... Um, like error rate are midfielders, but but that's expected because we have too many midfielders. Uh, okay. Like if you just group uh, players by position, so Mikael yeah. Tokwam is the best in terms of this category, and then we have Fantasy Football Hub in the second place, and we have FPL Review in third place, okay. and Fantasy Football Scout in the fourth place. Um, but again, it's only two game weeks; it might be too early right. to call these uh, results reliable. But this yeah. is what what has been going on, uh, and and <clears throat> and you can see that fantasy football scouts, for example, forward projections were better than others. But I mean, it might be a little bit difficult to tell, you know, how much better uh, just looking at these data yet. And hopefully, we will have more data and we will have more insights out of these. But yeah, okay. that's mainly what where we are right now. All right. Yeah, and I think when I was looking at the first chart, actually the bars were not that different. So does it mean that actually the, the models are performing at a quite similar level at the moment? Would, would you say that? Or? I mean, since, since we are just summing this over for all the players, over like 5% yeah. ownership, so it is kind of expected, or it might 
it might look like they are you know very close but okay uh, so there is a group of models um so yeah maybe it is a little bit difficult to see here there are group of models that are doing well pretty well i should say and then there is some gap between the other like second tier and third tier models Um, okay yeah but position by position so and also there's one more element to this i mean even though like these models and also we are checking these errors based on like hundreds of players you know whoever has more than five percent ownership um not all predictions are relevant to you as a player. So you are only maybe interested in top 10 players because you are picking your five midfielders out of, you know, top 10. Yeah. Um, so, and what you are wondering is even more than the actual prediction itself, you are mo- wondering the order of these players. So that's something I will mention today. Uh, I We prepared another uh, analysis visualization on it. So sometimes okay. you are not that concerned if the gap is gap between players are only like one expected value or two expected value. You just yeah. want to know, you know, who's the best, who is the second best. Yeah. And even though a model can get really close or may, it might be really good in accuracy, if they got the order wrong, then you probably picked the wrong player and you didn't get the points that you were supposed to get. So, mm. I mean, there's that element to it, too. So I was just wondering, this this whole last week, I was thinking about it, and I, I asked uh, Chase to maybe provide us a visual on this, and he prepared something really nice. So I will talk about it later. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, good to keep tracking this. Thank you. And mm-hmm. then uh, the next thing we can look at, as we did in previous weeks, are the updated charts uh, for team strength. And we'll, we'll look at it again, split by defense and attack. So how does it look like for this week? Yes, yeah, certainly. So again, for people who are new to this, we are talking about projected point averages. So we get these seven models. So we and we take the average points per 90 minutes for every yeah. team and against every opponent for every game week. And so for this game week, I mean, we have a few really favorable fixtures. Uh, first of all, Manchester City is playing against uh, Sheffield United, yeah. and there is one of the best games we have in the horizon. And Arsenal is playing against Fulham, and their offensive point average is 5.7. It's one of the mm-hmm. highest we have in this ch- like in this horizon. Okay. So... Um, the only better games, I think, when City plays Fulham next game week in game week four, and also when City plays against Nottingham Forest in game week six. But five point seven is um, pretty significant, I should say. Yeah. And another good fixture is for Manchester United this game week, playing against Nottingham Forest, and their yeah. offense average is five point five. Mm-hmm. And one. Other good fixture we have is Chelsea is playing against uh, Luton and their yeah. defense point average is 4.7, which is mm. higher than Manchester United playing against Nottingham Forest, mm. Arsenal playing against Fulham, and even City playing against Sheffield United. So okay. that's the best defensive fixture we have for this week. Okay. 
Yeah, that's and, good to look at, and uh, mm -hmm. it's an interesting chart. I think, as we mentioned last time, you could look at this as a bit of a fixture ticker. Mm -hmm. So just to see in which teams you you should invest. And I think uh, just looking at the yellow bars, which uh, identifies, let's say, the, the best fixtures to target, yeah, we see a lot of yellow bars from Man City, especially uh, attacking-wise. Huh? So I think there are a lot of discussions this week as well, because, of course, everybody has Haaland already. Yeah, But we saw already in last game week, uh, Alvarez and, and Foden doing really well. So uh, I think that's some, something a lot of people are looking at, like to bring in a second uh, uh, City attacker. So that's yeah. uh, something to consider. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, as you mentioned, City has favorable fixtures. I mean, in these six game week horizon, five of their fixtures are in the top 10 percentile. Yeah. And only four fixtures for uh, Arsenal. And only yeah. like three of them are only the offensively good fixtures, not defensively. And right. Newcastle. Uh, has three good fixtures, uh, like again, within that 10 percentile like benchmark yeah. we have, um, starting from game week five. So, yeah, that's when most people will try to switch to one or two or, or even maybe three Newcastle defenders, yeah. and so that's something probably most people have considered already. But I mean, most involved players right now are planning this yeah. so most of the yeah. players we have in our defense are kind of placeholders for Newcastle defenders in game week five so if you yeah. haven't made any plans already just consider making one because they are playing against Brentford in game week five not the you know best fixture but pretty good one and then Sheffield United and then Burnley and those point averages are pretty high uh, for in defensively and yeah, yeah, Manchester United has only this, this game week as a good fixture. Uh, yeah. Next next week is not that favorable. They're playing against Arsenal. Yeah. And so Chelsea is interesting because so Chelsea has two good defensive fixtures right now. Luton this game yeah. week and Nottingham Forest next. Yeah. And then you can switch to Newcastle. So it is right. like a good, very good transition. It's even like visible in this chart. Uh, yeah. If you haven't been following the projected models but yeah, that's yeah. probably the plan. I mean, I understand that people are a little bit frustrated with some of the teams and they are kind of like considering to sell their players. Like maybe they are considering to sell their like Chelsea players, but I mean, they have yeah. two good fixtures. So it's yeah. never a good idea to sell your players before a good fixture, I should say. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's the same with Man United, I think. Yeah, they had a difficult start. They they disappointed now for two game weeks. Uh, a lot of people have Rashford or Bruno or the two of them. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you, you could consider selling them. But on the other hand, they play Nottingham now the next game at home. So I think we see a lot of managers also saying, all right, let's give them another chance. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I will do the same. But uh, yeah, it's, it's easy always to pull the trigger after a bad game week. But maybe uh, I think indeed stay stay calm, <laughs> take yeah. a look at the fixtures, and maybe uh, give it another chance. Yeah. Okay, but this is nice. It shows indeed, as you said, some some interesting fixture swings. Like clearly uh, from Chelsea to uh, to Newcastle, something probably uh, what a lot of managers are planning to do. And it also shows again that uh, City just have a really good run of fixtures uh, until game week seven. 
the difficulty always is rotation with with pep but uh yeah you could give it a try yeah okay so this was the last of uh the list of best teams uh let's also take a look at the other list with the let's say uh, worst teams <laughs> yeah my fav favorite chart so uh hall of shame i should call this <laughs> so I mean, Sheffield United, I mean, it's no surprise that they have lots of bad fixtures. I mean, yeah. for the following six game weeks, five of them are really bad, both offensively and some of them are like defensively bad. Mm -hmm. um, so Aston Villa seems to be, you know, sometimes entering the top 10 and sometimes appear at the bottom of this list. Mm -hmm. uh, so they are just borderline uh, over there. Yeah. but. I mean, the worst fixtures this game week, I mean, just the opposite, but Sheffield United playing against Manchester City, Nottingham Forest playing against Manchester United, yeah. uh, Luton playing against Chelsea, and Fulham playing against Arsenal are the worst. Um, mm -hmm. In Even though it's in this list, Aston Villa playing against Burnley is not that bad uh, if you just, you know, check the projected points, uh, averages. Uh, but still, I mean... They are in this horizon. They will play against Liverpool, uh, game week four, and then they will play against Chelsea in game week six. So, I mean, even though Aston Villa is a little bit exciting, uh, I should say to own some of their fixtures are not the best. I mean, maybe you can find a good rotation uh, with their yeah. players too, but uh, yeah, just you know, looking at the horizon as a sum is not the best. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and as you said, I think Sheffield is topping this uh, chart. Uh, I think especially offensively, as we can see from the red red bar. So I think the models don't have much trust in the attacking power of, of Sheffield. I think something to keep in mind is that I think it uh, in the news it was that they are signing Archer from uh, from Villa as a new attacker. Yeah. Uh, so this could make a difference. And again, also a reminder that the the transfer window is still open till end of next week. So keep that in mind, I would say. Yeah, yeah and I have Archer in my team, so oh, I'm a little good. bit curious, you know, what will happen. Yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Then you have a 4.5 million uh, good option attacker. Yeah, let's see how many two points he will bring. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the point. <laughs> yeah. How often will you play him? That's the question. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for giving that view on team level again, Surtop. Um, last week, we also started looking at the EV changes on a player level, and uh, we had some good feedback on it. People appreciated it. Uh, so were you able to update those charts for this week as well? Yeah. So right. again, I collected the data. I sent it to Chase, and F it's FPL underscore Chase on Twitter, and yeah. he prepared uh, these amazing visuals for us uh thanks yeah. again so and this is the you know this is the who is hot who is called part of the podcast and yeah, this yeah, is yeah. our hot chart so these are the yes. players who had the highest increase in models and we are comparing the horizon from game week three to game week eight and the yeah. methodology behind it is so we use the projected points before game week uh two deadline and then we use the projected points right now and see what's the change, you know, where the models are kind of moving towards. And we have, at the first rank, we have Raul from Fulham. But That's I'm not uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Jimenez, I think, right? Raul Jimenez. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm yeah. not sure why he has such a big no. increase. Yeah, it's around 5.1 over the next six Maybe it's weeks. because uh, the Mitrovic transfer finally got confirmed. Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be. Got more, uh, you know, I'm more certain. Yeah, good point. That should be yeah. it, yeah. And then in the second, we have Bailey from Aston Villa, and his increase yeah. is around 4.2. Definitely yeah. a player to watch. And one of the biggest increase, I mean, in his horizon is this game week, actually. So he got a bump of 0.96, so which is pretty significant. Yeah. And <clears throat> so the, in the third place, we had uh, NCSO from Brighton. And the total increase was around 3.9 expected value. But we prepared these charts this morning. I mean, right. by morning. Uh, it was, I think, <laughs> afternoon in the Europe. But then we yeah. got the news that he's injured. So, right. So and I didn't have time to update the charts. And sure. when I checked it, checked it actually, I, I, I have realized that some of the models didn't even update their values. So, I mean, this is sure. what we had so far. But okay. skipping him. Assuming that he he won't appear here, um, then actual third place is Guardiol from Manchester City. Yeah, uh, I think we are more confident about his uh, expected minutes going forward, yeah. and his yeah. expected value for the horizon increased around three point eight. Yeah, and we have Antonio in fourth place and Steele from Brighton at the fifth okay. place, and. One of the biggest increase in this uh, horizon is Niketia. Mm. Like in terms of like single game week jump, is Niketia yeah. got a one point two expected value gain only for this game yeah. week. Yeah. Remaining of the horizon is a little bit pale in comparison. Right. I think. Yeah, I guess uh, people are quite confident that he will start the next game, and they play Fulham at home. Yeah. So Arsenal will be at home. So I think, you know, there's an expectation of a quite big score. And if uh, Enketia starts, then yeah, that, that could be attractive. Yeah. yeah. And let's talk about who's called. Yeah, um, maybe the one uh, player oh. after Enketia, just to mention, was Odegaard. Right? Oh, that yeah, was quite yeah. a yeah, shock right. of the game week that Odegaard took the penalty. Uh, yeah, so it's like uh, <laughs> it was so. Arsenal switched the penalty taker from Saka to Odegaard. So that's uh, for the Saka owners like like myself, and I think you have him as well. Well, many people have him. You know, that was not so uh, good news. No, I mean it was terrible news to be honest. I mean we were <laughs> also checking the expected value before and after review FBR reviews update on it. Yeah, and there was also a big difference between the okay. two players. Yeah. Um, so, and also, I mean, adding insult to the injury. So, <clears throat> the quotes after the game didn't give us what we wanted no. to hear. Like, if Odegaard, or if someone said that, yeah, yeah, our penalty taker is Odegaard from yeah. now on, then yeah. you can just make a plan, right? right? But they're like, I think Odegaard said something along the lines. No, I we were taking. Coach. We were taking penalties, you know, in preseason. So this time I asked Saka if I can, you know, take, the, you know, take the penalty, and he said okay. Oh, okay. And so 
I don't know. Like, who's taking penalties no, yeah. next time? So it's just. So I did confusing. hear uh, that Arteta commented on it. That he said he he wasn't aware that that they switched, and they, he said that the players agreed between themselves. So, of course, there's some questions about that. If that's really true, you know, maybe it was a plan, and he just wants to be a bit vague about it. But uh, yeah, let's see uh, who who will be the next one to take a penalty at Arsenal. Well, yeah, I I don't know, really, I have no idea. But um, I mean, as you as you see here, so the impact of having penalties. I mean, yeah, I think most models are thinking that Odegaard has the penalties with fifty percent probability. Like it's fifty percent Odegaard, fifty percent Saka right now. Right. I think earlier we were we were also thinking maybe other players could take the penalty, but now it's only these two, at least right. you know whenever. On the these two are on the field, yeah. And so the impact of the having these penalties meant um, like two point nine expected value increase for Odegaard. I mean, not all models updated their penalty taker sure. uh, data. I should assume, but yeah. um, as you see, it's like almost like zero point five more points, almost like zero point five more points uh, for every yeah. game week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and. <clears throat> Now we can talk about who's called, and yeah. Gabriel is the coldest player, yeah. losing 3.72 expected mm. value for the next six game weeks, as there are yeah. rumors of him uh, leaving the league, mm. and it's terrible news for the Gabriel owners like me. Yeah, me too. And it's funny, because I was also checking the lineup predictions uh, from Emma's uh, predictors and they I think they all said Gabriel will start last game oh, okay. game week two right. and I yeah. felt really confident that yeah, I'm glad I didn't yeah. sell him so after all he will start and yeah. he just played like how many 20 minutes I think yeah. didn't start the game two no yeah it was disappointing so this Saliba yeah. Gabriel thing that happened yeah. at the beginning of the season I think yeah. we will talk about it in a long time, for mm. a long time, yeah. I yeah, I'm still a little bit upset about how that turned out. But yeah. anyway, so <clears throat> this in the second rank we had uh, Joe Pedro, but again, this is not updated. If Enciso is out, as they right. reported, so his EV will come back. Yeah. Uh, we have Villain from Fulham in the second place then. Mount mm -hmm. from Manchester United in the third place. Mm -hmm. Evo B from Everton in the fourth place. Then we yeah. have Darwin at fifth mm -hmm. place. I'm not sure why. And Madison at sixth place. Um, yeah, I mean, these are the players yeah. I see here. And I also see Watkins at the end of this table. And he just scored a hat-trick today, I think, in the... Uh, oh really? Competition. Yeah, I think he. Oh, did. I didn't follow that. <laughs> so I don't That's know if models one. will react to it. Yeah. He okay. Scored a, a lot of people were indeed considering selling him, even though he did uh, deliver for two game weeks. He didn't score, but he had two assists. So uh, yeah, okay, yeah, and I think some of the drops here are related to injury concerns. I think uh, Mount could be injured, Madison as well. Yeah, and probably some others. Our drops are, are, I think, related to the minutes concerns, like Darwin, right? Like Jota now started two times as uh, number nine for Liverpool, mm -hmm. so Makes I think yeah, Darwin is on the bench, and probably the model got updated based on that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, nice. cool. Okay. Wow, these charts are really useful. Uh, yeah. It's good that we added those. Thanks, Sirtop, and thanks also Chase for preparing those. Mm -hmm. I think it really gives us a good idea of considering, you know, who to sell and who to buy in uh, mm -hmm. in our team. Yeah. And one more thing I want to talk about here is this uh, new chart that Chase generated. Okay. Um, it's the top rank assets uh, for the next six game weeks. But instead of using the projected points directly, like the numerical value, we just use the rank of, you know, what's the rank? If you rank all the players in this uh, position, what's the mean rank of this player across different models? And again, we have, <coughs> we are using seven different models here. Yeah. And let me start with the goalkeeper. So the best goalkeeper for this next six, six gaming horizon is Sanchez. Okay. Uh, from Chelsea and a mean rank of 2.3. So the best right. mean rank you can have is one. Obviously, if every model yeah. agrees that you are the best, you should get one. And so as others are not, you know, if others, other models have you in a you know lower position, obviously it decreases a little bit. 2.3 is not giving the best confidence, but it is much better than the second alternative, which is Ederson. Yeah. Uh, with 3.9 as the main yeah. rank. And then yeah. we have Onana, 4.9. Yeah. Um, and for the defenders, we have Chilwell as the best defender in this horizon. Okay. Uh, with a mean rank of 1.4, which is pretty okay. impressive. Like almost all the models yeah. should be thinking that he's the best defender to have right now. Yeah. And we have Ar uh, Alexander Arnold with 3.4 mm. mean rank. And then. Uh, it's still Diaz. quite surprising that he's uh, so high. Yeah, I think models love him in general. Yeah, still. Okay. <laughs> still. And then uh, we have Ruben Diaz uh, with 6.3 mean rank. And as you see, whenever we we are at the third place now, but the mean rank is already si around 6, which wasn't yeah. the case for goalkeepers. So it means that there is less agreement across models on you know what's the third or fourth or fifth best defender so i think is again all over the place and yeah. for midfielders it is a little bit more uh, i think they agree more because we have salah okay. at the first rank with 1.7 mean rank and then again, Rashford. quite surprising i think you know salah yeah i was also thinking that but i think hmm. um so even though in terms of the I should say maybe this way. So they don't have the best fixtures, I mean, for mm -hmm. Liverpool, but they have really good fixtures and their predicted points mm -hmm. are really good. I mean, okay. offensively talking uh, from the earlier chart. Right. Um, okay. So Liverpool's point average for game week four offensively is 4.7 against Aston Villa at home. And then another 4.7 against Wolves away. And then 5.0 against uh, West Ham in game week 6. And then 4.3 against Tottenham in game week okay. 7. I mean, okay. they are not the best, but I think they are... Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of confidence in the attacking uh, output for Liverpool, which actually we've seen also, so, yeah. uh, especially last game week. Yeah. So their fixtures are more, you know... Above average, I should say. But other right. teams, they usually have good games, but then some of the games are really bad. I think that's the reason. 
Yeah. And okay. also, I think one of the most important thing here is the uh, minute prediction. I mean, you 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 always have teams like Manchester City who has the best fixtures across the horizon. Yeah. But then you really don't know who will play. I mean, their right. their minutes are much more unpredictable. But you know that yeah. Salah will play if he's not injured yeah. anyway. So yeah, yeah. At uh, the second rank, we have Rashford with three point four mean rank, and then Odegaard now four point three, and then comes Saka five point three. I mean, models were rating Saka much higher than Odegaard earlier. Uh, now it's the other okay. way around. So that changed, okay? <laughs> because of the penalty, I should probably yeah, yeah. and also probably. Odegaard. Yeah. Um and for forwards, Holland has the mean rank of one point oh. I mean again there's no question about it and he's the best yeah. pick across all models. And then we have Jackson hmm. uh from Chelsea, two point four. And then we have Watkins three point six. So it's a little bit funny because we also see we have seen Watkins and the you know who's cold chart. So even though Watkins expected value decreased a little bit okay. he's still one of the best forwards you can have yeah, right exactly. now and yeah and then we have visa from uh, brantford with yeah. 4.0 mean rank yeah that's pretty much it anything you want to comment here no we made a few comments already i think while we looked at it yeah maybe just on the attackers uh maybe alvarez is mm. a bit lower than i would expect because i think a lot of people are debating now whether they should go for jackson or alvarez uh so based on this chart i think jackson looks like the better pick but uh yeah i think so, some of the fine. models are still a little bit conservative about alvarez's minutes uh yes. going forward but yeah. i mean i think jackson they have more confidence in Jackson's minutes. Yeah. Um, okay. When I was checking potential transfers from the solver, I think I have seen Alvarez multiple times, especially if you set his minutes manually. If you sure. think that he will play, I think he is a really good pick. So again, yeah. it boils down to whether you want to play a little bit risky, risky yeah. in terms of minutes, not points, yeah. or yeah. if you want to play safer and go for the you know, player who's hopefully supposed to get points like Jackson. I mean, I didn't get any points from him yet, but he no. seems to be the better pick in terms of safety. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you have oh, a Chelsea a short uh... today, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll come back on it later because uh, the two transfers I made already are two Chelsea players. So oh, okay. Think, uh, yeah. And I'm probably not the only one uh, based, <laughs> on, you know, based on the good fixtures coming up. And I also think uh, that in the in the fixture or the last game against West Ham, you know, yeah, they lost it, but they did look quite good. I thought, right? They they were yeah. a bit unlucky to come behind quite fast. Uh, then they equalized. Then they missed the penalty. So I think you know, if they scored the penalty, it would have been another game. Um, but yeah, I saw a lot of positives from it. I think Enzo played well. Um, Sterling also. Yeah, I still don't dare to rely on him, but I think what we saw in the game would look more promising. And Jackson, well, you know, he didn't score a goal yet, but again, uh, he looked really lively. And uh, yeah, I think with the fixtures coming up now, uh, first one against Luton at home, uh, yeah. yeah, I think we we can put some uh, some some faith. I think, well, you know, depends. <laughs> it's everyone's <laughs> own decision, and as we just mentioned. 
The city fixture is also really good away to Sheffield. So I think it makes a lot of sense to also bet on, on city, but there's a bit more rotation risk. And uh, yeah, for me, I'll go all in on Chelsea. So that's why uh, I have the shirt today. It's an old one. I still have Hewlett's uh, on the back. Maybe I can show it for the people. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> you know, my, my childhood hero, Ruth Hewlett. But uh, yeah, still have a Chelsea shirt Which... in my uh, <laughs> in my closet. <laughs> Which season is it from? I mean, the, even the logo is pretty old. I don't know. I have to look it up. Yeah, <laughs> oh, That's amazing. Do you root for Chelsea in Premier League? Or? No, no, no. Yeah, I just wanted to say that even I wear the Chelsea shirt, I, I, I don't, I don't root for a specific team to be honest. In, uh, in, in the Premier League, I, I'm very much into FPL and I follow all of it. <laughs> uh, there are different teams that I that I like, but it's not really that I support a particular one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Neutral answer. <laughs> Neutral answer. Yeah, that was a safe answer. Yeah. For me, it always depends a little bit on also on the Dutch players. So when Hullet was at Chelsea, I quite liked Chelsea. Uh, but I had different teams I supported. Spurs, Liverpool, yeah, you name it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, a great addition, this, this chart. Thanks for preparing it to, together with uh, FPL Chase. Um, let's move on. So I think uh, one thing I can do from my side is maybe to add a bit of eye test observations. I think I did already mention uh, Chelsea. So I think they didn't look too bad. And I think we also saw it from uh, from the model. Uh, I think especially defensively, there is some uh, some trust in, in Chelsea from, from the data. Uh, I think especially it relates to the, the opposition. And they have two home games coming up. First one against Luton, second one against Nottingham. Uh, and they have some good options in defense with uh, Gusto now at 4 million, who, who plays instead of uh, James, uh, and at 4.5 million also uh, Colwell. Uh, the other thing I uh, wanted to mention in terms of eye test, yeah, Man United. Uh, so I have uh, Bruno and Rashford. I think it's the same for you. Uh, they have been disappointing now for two game weeks. Um, even though what I've been looking at from data-wise, you know, XG and XA, they, uh, they they do look quite good, especially Bruno. So I think it's a reason for many people to say, you know, let's give them another chance. The next game is a home game against uh, Nottingham. I think we also know from last year that uh, United did, did better at home, or you know, typically they they do they do better at home. And against Nottingham, uh, even though Nottingham also uh, did quite well in the first two game weeks, but I think you know we should expect a better performance from from United. So personally, I made the decision to keep the faith in the two of them, even though in midfield there's a lot of competition, a lot of uh, appealing uh, other players like also Mubemo at Brentford. Uh, I think we mm -hmm. spoke about Foden already, of course the Brighton guys. So yeah, lots of options, but yeah, it's a, just a good fixture. I, I don't want to sell them now. Um, City, I think City were impressive, right? The win against Newcastle, where we thought you know, Newcastle could challenge them, but yeah. uh, even though it was just 1-0, I think it was quite a, an easy win. Uh, unfortunately, no Haaland goals, even mm -hmm. though we had a few chances, but uh, I think especially Foden looked impressive, right? He took a bit of the KDB role, uh, creating a lot, so I think Foden could be a good one to bat on, but also Alvarez, who scored the goal. And we know that the defense is really reliable, uh, but it keeps rotating. And uh, this time, Ake was on the bench. 
Um, but maybe, yeah, I guess if you go for Akanji or especially Ruben Diaz, also not for Guardiol, uh, you could be probably quite sure that, that they will start. But yeah, you never know. Uh, and I guess the people that went for Ederson uh, are quite happy. <laughs> Two clean sheets in a, in a row. So, so that's well done. Uh, just another team I wanted to mention is Brentford, who had quite an impressive start, uh, especially Mbemo and uh, Wissa, uh, two two weeks in a row with, in the points. So they've been looking good, but also Rico, Rico Henry in the back uh, and Flacken in the goal. So some options at Brentford to consider. Uh, Brighton impressive again. Unfortunately uh, for the for us, the the Joe Pedro owners, he was on the bench. Um, and uh, yeah, March scored two goals. So March has been a bit overlooked because most people went for uh, for Mitoma. And Mitoma did well as well, but uh, yeah. March did even better. Uh, but yeah, but as we knew from the start, you know, they, they, they have three good game weeks, uh, the, the first three games. But then as of game week four, it gets a bit tougher. So that's just something I would say, keep an eye on that. If you missed the boat on Brighton, I'm not sure if you should invest now. Because uh, the fixtures will uh, will will turn as of game week four. Even though you know they have a strong team, so even against uh, tougher competition, you could decide to still bet on them. Yeah. And then the last one I wanted to mention is Liverpool. Well, as we kind of knew uh, from last season, and also what we expected is uh, in defense, they're they're quite leaky, uh, but they have plenty of options in attack. We saw that again. Uh, so you have different uh, routes to points there. I think Jota looked like a good option. Uh, Salah missed another penalty, so that's a bit of a concern. I would say if you own him, especially for the premium <laughs> price. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I think Liverpool is a difficult one. And for me, I will still stay away. But maybe in future, you never know. So, uh, yeah, just some eye test observations. Uh, anything you want to add to that, uh, Sir Top? Uh, maybe I just want to comment on the premium goalkeeper situation. I mean, Ederson got, you know, two clean sheets in a yeah. row, as you mentioned. It's funny because if he didn't, we would be talking about how the premium goalkeepers, you know, doesn't worth the price tag and all that yeah. stuff. But yeah. now that he got clean sheets, no one is talking about it. But yeah, I just wanted to, you know, highlight That's why a I wanted bit. to mention it, uh, sir. Yeah, just for you. That yeah, thank we are, you so much. Uh, appreciating uh, Ederson. <laughs> <laughs> Even though we don't have him. But. Even though we don't have him this time, and I'm, I'm still surprised <laughs> that, that you don't have him. But okay, we can uh, it can still change later on in the <laughs> yeah, <team>. maybe. <laughs> All right, let's do uh, the big moment of uh, the podcast. As every week, let's reveal the updated optimal team. Okay, so um, this is the current optimal wildcard team. Uh, so I use my own. Uh, team value to generate this yeah uh, we have and as you know i usually generate the optimal team based on no transfer no future transfers no scheduled free transfers but um right. i just wanted to do a little bit you know something a little bit different this time around i said yeah maybe there are players who is worth having for the first few game weeks but then switching to someone else okay. and it actually turned out to be an interesting exercise so okay. we have Sanchez in the goal, and our bench goalkeeper is Turner. And this right. only game week Turner plays is against Luton. Um, but all the other game weeks, Sanchez is in the goal. And this is the eighth yeah. game week um, 
optimal with ensemble model. So it's the custom made ensemble actually. Yeah. Uh, we have Chilwell in defense. As I mentioned, he is one of the best defenders to own in this horizon. Yeah. And uh, Thiago Silva from Chelsea, another defender, but only for two game weeks. We have talked how his how their uh, game week three and game week four fixtures are really favorable defensively. Yeah. And the model yeah. switches switches to Shar uh, after that. Ah, so okay. you, right. you have like triple defense, triple Chelsea defense for the two game weeks, and yeah. then you switch to Newcastle defender. Newcastle. Ah, that's interesting. <clears throat> and I should mention that we also have Trippier in the bench for this game week, and also Botman in the bench for this game week as they play against okay. Liverpool. But for the remaining yeah. of the horizon, Trippier plays every game. And Botman right. plays two of those remaining, uh, uh, ga- two games in the remaining horizon, as well okay. as Shar. So that you transition yeah. from triple Chelsea defense to triple Newcastle defense. So as okay. you see, model as a type, right? Yeah. And then we have yeah. Tarkovsky um, from Everton in the defense. Interesting. And our, so he plays in, in only three fixtures out of the next eight, uh, actually. Okay. Yeah. And we have, in midfield, we have Odegaard, Mubemo, Foden, Bruno Fernandes, and Rashford. Okay. And among these, the only player who is sold by the model is Foden. Mm. Uh, so, model keeps Foden for the next five game weeks, actually. And then sells him for Salah okay. uh, for the last three game weeks. And we right. have, in, in forward, we have Alvarez. Yeah, and Holland, ah. and model has Alvarez, but uh, it sells him in um, game week seven, I think, uh, and mm. by Solanke instead. Ah. And model also has Holland for the next five game week, but then it sells him for Watkins, as we wow. mentioned. So because their fixtures are so good until game week seven, but then the remaining fixtures are I don't know actually why. I mean, I I can see when the time comes, probably model will ask you to keep um, mm. Holland in the team. But I mean, Watkins has Wolves, West Ham, and Luton in that mm. three game week period, so that it sells Holland and gets Watkins. Yeah. So as you see, there is the switch: the Foden and Holland goes, and then you get Salah and Watkins who have. Yeah. More favorable fixtures, and as I as I mentioned in the bench, we have Turner, Trippier, Botman, and Semenyo is the bench folder yeah. here. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. So it's also uh, obvious from the model that it uh, puts more faith in the city attack compared to the defense. Yeah, that's um, true. Maybe more reliability in terms of minutes. I was thinking about it this morning, like because you know you could still. Wonder if Foden and Alvarez play together. Probably they will. But if you take two of them, then you you know hmm. it's quite sure that at least one of them will play. So maybe you kind of bat on it like that. You just go for yeah, all maybe. three, and at yeah. least two of them will pay, play, which is still quite good to have two City attackers. And the third one will probably come on later, or or otherwise, yeah, you just need to have a a, a bench option. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's possible. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, and the model keeps fading Bruno and Rashford. Uh, <laughs> just uh, hold on to them for for another week. But 
Well, let's see. You know, you know how things go in FPL. If if United beat Forest now by four nil or something, then everybody will be positive again. So things can change quite fast. Yeah, that's yeah. true. And by the way, I used also DK here. So uh, current game week is much more important than the rest of the horizon. I mean, yeah. even though they play like Arsenal in this horizon uh, and yeah. City at the end of the horizon. They play nothing in Forest this game week, so their expected value is really high. I mean, 6.7 yeah. for Rashford in this ensemble, and 6.5 for Fernandez. Yeah. I mean, just compared to the rest of the team, the only yeah. better player is Holland. Mm. So I think models still have some faith, and they think this is a good fixture to show it. Yeah, But, sure. I mean, if they can't, then yeah, maybe maybe we will see that their expected value will drop significantly yeah. okay cool all right i'm sure this will help uh, all of us again to make some transfer decisions for this week uh do you know already what you will do this week i will like unlike many pl- people who have two free transfers i only have one yeah. okay. and i think i will roll my free transfer because i believe in value of having two free transfers going forward and yeah. we will have the switch to a new castle defender soon anyway so right. i will most likely yeah roll my free transfer okay. and you said you you made your transfers right yeah so i had two transfers for this week and uh yeah i was looking at the price predictions yesterday and i think both gabriel and also joe pedro were uh uh, predicted to potentially drop in price so i thought to just go a bit early with my transfers as i was anyway quite certain about what i wanted to do so in the attack i went from joe pedro to jackson to just bat on the chelsea uh, nice fixtures okay even though i think pedro could still you know probably he will start the next game especially now with Enciso injured and brighton yeah they they have a good game as well against west ham at home uh yeah still i think um I would, you know, the Chelsea fixture against Luton is just a bit more attractive. So decided to bet on that. And anyway, I was thinking, you know, I betted quite heavily on, on Brighton for the first three game weeks with a plan to move away after that. So yeah, I'll just make a bit of an early start moving uh, Joe Pedro and I will still have Mitoma and uh, Stupinen anyway. And for the other transfer, yeah, I decided to say goodbye to Gabriel, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned earlier, I think most of us were thinking that he would play the previous game, but he didn't. Uh, I think most of us think that he will play the next game, <laughs> especially <laughs> because uh, Tomiyasu had a, had a red card. But yeah, you never know. Um, apparently, there's something wrong there with Gabriel and, 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 and Arteta or between Gabriel and the club, as you said, there there is a rumor that uh, he might move to, I think, to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, just too much doubt. So I decided to uh, to move away. Um, and yeah, I looked at the Chelsea options. Uh, they have two nice home fixtures, as we know. Yeah, and I went for De Sassi at five million, which is maybe a bit of a strange decision, considering that there is Colwell and Gusto at, at a cheaper price. Uh, I just at some moment started looking at Disassi. He's also 5 million. And uh, to your point, I, I, I plan to just keep him for two weeks and then move him to Trippier. So I didn't mind too much that he cost 5 yeah. million. 
Uh, I just hope that he will play now for two games at Chelsea and then, uh, yeah, hopefully they can keep the clean sheets and then uh, plan to move him to Trippier. So let's see. Hopefully that will work out. So, yeah, as you said, uh, wearing the Chelsea shirt this week because I'm going <laughs> all in on Chelsea, Chelsea and I hope they will, won't disappoint me. <laughs> well, let's hope so. Yeah, let's see. It will be another uh, nerve-wracking weekend. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question for today, as always. Uh, how do the captaincy options look like? Yeah, so captaincy is very obvious this game week. I mean, all the models okay. think Holland is the best captain. I mean, all right. Um, so in Ensemble, Holland, Holland's average is 7.5. Okay. Um, and the closest option is Rashford with 6.4. And Rashford is the second best option in almost every model except Fantasy Football Fix, which has Foden in the second place. Mm. And then comes Fernandez. As I mentioned, these three players have the highest expected value. And then we have Odegaard and then Saka. Mm. Um, I, again, I think most people will go Holland, but. Um, yeah. I don't know. Manchester United is not giving lots of confidence, as you mentioned. So even if you are, mm -hmm. you were kind of like considering to, you know, pick your captains a little bit different so that you can gain more ranks. I don't know if they are kind of worth trying. And yeah, and Arsenal's, I mean, Odegaard and Saka's expected value it was even lower than. Rashford and Fernandez. So I for me it's very clear that I will go for Holland. Like I don't have any any doubt in my mind that I will go for someone else, but yeah. how about you? No, same for me. This game I will go for Holland. I did the same last game week. Uh I guess yeah, you know, some people bet on another captain last game week, so it paid off. Um, you know, some went for Salah, it was just five points, but still. Mm -hmm. uh, 10 points in total compared to 4 for Haaland so still uh, a nice game uh, I had a friend in my mini league I saw he captained uh, Mitoma so that was a good decision I think that was Neil Neil sometimes listens so Neil if you're listening well done <laughs> uh, and I think also for this game yeah, there are a few teams with good fixtures um, you know United against Nottingham Arsenal against Fulham um, yeah you could even go for a Chelsea player against Luton but yeah think at the same time City plays against Sheffield so that's that's a really good fixture as well so I wouldn't make yeah. it too complicated but uh, yeah. yeah all right great thanks for sharing that mm -hmm. um, I think that wraps it up for the data was there anything you still wanted to add anything I want to add no <laughs> yeah. I don't think I have okay cool yeah, and thanks, uh, Sertal, because I know you're feeling a bit sick. So I appreciate that yeah. you uh, still made it for today. Sure. Uh, if people could hear Sertal coughing a bit, uh, yeah, that, that was the reason he was not uh, feeling uh, completely well. But uh, great that you could still make it. Um, so yeah, before we close it, like last week, we will give a shout out to our mini league leaders. Uh, the number of teams in the league went up to now 198. So that's pretty cool. Uh, you can still join our mini league. The code is 0JSDLA. So it's 0JSDLA. And we have a new leader. It's Darak Noonan with his team Pass Offer Receive. 
his team has uh, 74 points in game week two and a total score of 158 points. So that's really well done. Uh, congratulations, uh, Darak. And uh, number two, we have Matthew Lafflet with his team, the Raleigh Rigby, on 152 points. And then number <laughs> three is Daniel Candle's team called the Kundis with 150 points. So also uh, really well done. So yeah, impressive top three. Still early days though, but uh, good luck everyone. Um, yeah, keep hanging on there and uh, maybe you can win it at the end. <laughs> Are we going to give a reward to whoever wins the mini league? Or? Yeah, we should think about it, right? Some yeah. kind of uh, FPL optimized uh, swag or something. <laughs> yeah, to, probably. That's a good idea. We'll work on something. All right, guys and, uh, and girls, I should say. Uh, this was the FPL optimized podcast episode number 54. Thanks for listening again. Uh, we will be back next week with another podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you will get notified when the next episode is released. And please do follow us on Twitter or now called X. For Sirtop, it's at Sirtop Bilal. And for me, it's at Belfi BB. And as of this season, you can also find us on YouTube. Just waving to the people on YouTube. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Leaving it again to Sirtop to close it. And until next time, stay curious and stay analytical. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.